WBNE. Howdy, Yokes. Before we get started today, I just want to let you know that this episode of Bacon and Eggs is brought to you by all of the new shows on the WBE Podcast Network, a thing that I, Ethan Enchill, the owner of WBE, own. We've got three great new shows for you on the network, and those shows are in order. Unsobered Pod, a podcast where Julia Kendall, one of my dear friends, talks about badass women in history and drinks wine a little bit. Our second show is called Perspective Z, or two... Generation Z, some Zoomers talk about problems facing Generation Z in this day and age. Sometimes they have on guests who are older, sometimes they have on guests who are their age, and they talk about very cool things, and it's always insightful because I'm old. Our third podcast is Curly Critics, a show that is basically the same as Bacon and Eggs, but it's better in every way because they have nuanced opinions on things, and Tyler and I don't. Curly Critics is a show where two curly-haired women talk about pop culture in every respect, plays, movies, musicals. TV shows, all the things that we don't cover and some of the things that we do cover. And they give actual critical reviews and we don't. So they're very different. It's not the same thing at all. I lied. Anyway, that's the new things on the WBD Podcast Network. I'm Ethan Etchill. Enjoy the rest of the show. Howdy, Yokes, and welcome back to Bacon and Eggs. I'm Ethan Etchill. And I'm Eni Mayor. And today we're rescuing our favorite dog. Or maybe we're just visiting an island made of trash. So get yourself incinerated, compacted, and bulldozed. And find your spots. Because today we're bringing you... Isle of Dogs. Eni, it's so great to have you again to talk about another film by one of our mutual favorite directors, Mr. Wes Anderson. I'm so excited. I love Wes Anderson so much. <laughs> I do too. He's so good. This movie, directed by Wes Anderson, was released March 28th, 2018, which was... Hey, hey Siri, how many days ago was March 28th, 2018? You didn't read it out loud. You, you, you B-word. It was 1,064 days ago. She always reads it out loud. Anyway, uh, it was made on a questionable million dollar budget. Couldn't actually find that figure. Don't know how much they spent on this one. It was stop motion animated, so it makes me believe it was probably quite a bit. And it made $64.2 million worldwide in the box office. Got a 90% critic rating and 87% audience rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 82 on Metacritic. Any, do you have a positive review I for do. Isle of Dogs? I do. Uh, David Stratton? Sure, Stratton. Uh, says, with its beautiful formal imagery, its gallery of hugely likable canines, and its cheerfully crazy plotting, Isle of Dogs is really is a unique experience and thoroughly enchanting and a thoroughly enchanting one. Wow, I can read. I meant to tell you that was uh, David Stratton of The Australian, which is apparently a uh, Australian. Um, so this is where <laughs> yeah, Tyler I would do. I am not Tyler Carlin. This I am is where not Tyler doing would do a truly Australian awful Australian accent. <laughs> Absolutely and he'd be not. like, good eye, mate, with this beautiful formal imagery, this gallery of hugely likable canines, and it's cheerfully crazy plotting. Isle of Dogs is really a unique experience and thoroughly enchanting one. There it is. There it is. <laughs> Normally, I'm decent at that. I don't think I just nailed it, but it's it's not the worst I've ever done. Uh, and I've got a positive review here. Negative. From, negative review here <laughs> from Adam Graham of Detroit News. Adam Graham says, Anderson's projects have always had a meticulous quality to them, but Isle of Dogs is exacting to the point of alienation. Someone needs a leash. Rude. Rude. Right? Rude. This man didn't like this movie, and it's sad. It is. Like, this isn't my, obviously my favorite Wes Anderson movie 
but it's it's not every time I, it's not i would have thought it was for sure it's not um no i think moonrise kingdom is probably my favorite mm. um i just watched moonrise kingdom this weekend i actually wanted to suggest that we watched it but i knew that like we would get people on the a it's on disney plus yeah and b it is like animated yes so i knew we'd get people interested in that because i think moonrise kingdom is a little bit of a hard sell it's, compared to yes. most of them <laughs> I'm curious to see what Adam Graham has to say about Moonrise Kingdom if he didn't like Isle of Dogs. Yeah, Um, this one is very family friendly. I I thoroughly enjoy this movie like a lot. Every time I watch it, it just brings a smile to my face. And it's real quick. We've got listener reviews uh, from I've got one from Nora here that says really interesting and fun to watch. It's been a while, but it's intriguing. Just a fascinating concept with amazing presentation. And uh, I've got a review here from Tyler Carlin. I don't know who that is, but (laughs) some people. Tyler Carlin said this movie slaps. That is that's that's an accurate review. This I, I will be honest. I will be a hundred percent with you. This movie does indeed slap. It does. It does. It slaps very hard. You, I love this movie. So you asked me about uh, if, like to cover this movie. I was like, yeah, absolutely. Any Wes Anderson movie you want to cover, I'm down. Um, and I was like, hmm, should I rewatch it? Because I'm pretty sure I just rewatched it like a couple months ago. And I'm like, oh, I'll, I'll rewatch it. And like every single time I watch this movie, it just it just brings me the most joy like it just makes me smile the entire time so this is this is has some interesting thing tip of the tongue teeth and lips this movie has some interesting things going for it from my perspective it pits my love of wes anderson against my not so much love of the american fetishization of japanese culture Okay. Uh, I really don't love the whole, like, there's a W word that I'm not going to use because I'm not 100% certain if it's offensive or not. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a big Japan guy as it stands. I don't love manga or anime for the most part. I didn't really, I was grew up in the era where Dragon Ball Z happened. I mm-hmm. didn't watch it. Um, I did. So like the the sell in this one being like, oh, it's Wes Anderson's take on Japan always felt like a little interesting to me and a little bit almost appropriative to me, especially from the guy who named his movie studio Indian Paintbrush, which has aged very poorly. Extremely poorly. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it's it's not a good look. (laughs) This movie is always interesting to me because like it is Japanese. Obviously, it's Japanese. Everybody's named Japanese. They speak Japanese. Like it is the whole thing. But it is never like this movie has never vibed Japan to me, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. And I am I'm I'm not Japanese. I can't obviously speak to um their culture because I I don't live in that culture. That is not my culture. But I don't know. I've I've always seen it more as like someone paying respect to Japanese culture, not necessarily or like how they see Japanese culture and not necessarily like the, a spot on like representation of no, Japanese culture. Yeah, absolutely. Culture. And I think it's just Wes Anderson being like, who is the most likely place in the world to do things like this? To like yeah. be like, hey, we need a dog quarantine. <laughs> absolutely. And I would still say I, I I truly think this movie vibes Russian to me more than anything else. It vibes like like Cold War Russian to me. Even down to the score, I think is very like Yeah. I, I can see that. Very Cold War and very much not like this post-imperialist Japan that we are presented with. Because this is, obviously we're presenting this movie with a Japan that never existed. Yes. And never could have existed. Like the Japan that took over after World War II was so much different and so much more uh, vibrant and so much more technology focused than mm-hmm. this like autocratic Japan that wages war against the dogs. <laughs> the and obviously dogs. it's just an interesting setup. And Trash Island could be anywhere. They're just dogs. Like, I love this movie. This is one of, I would say one of my top five 
five Wes Anderson movies for sure. Oh yeah, um, it's definitely in my top five. Probably it's in my top three, actually. I, I like this one more than Fantastic Mr. Fox in a way that I don't think is fair to Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yeah, no, it's Fantastic Mr. Fox is two for me. So actually, I, maybe it's not in my top three. Maybe it's in my top five. Yeah, like, I haven't seen Fantastic Mr. Fox in so long that it's just like, it's never one I revisit out of all of his movies. Um, but TikTok has got me wanting to watch <laughs> it so freaking bad. So I actually uh, re-watched Fantastic Mr. Fox this past weekend because I'm getting together with Casey to do an episode on Hello from Elsewhere on the, on the, um, the stop motion animation in Fantastic Mr. Fox. Yes. So I I had always, um, I, I always knew I loved Fantastic Mr. Fox. I forgot how much and why uh, until I revisited it. I highly recommend you do it. It's very good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it since probably 2011, 2012. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So Wes Anderson, I would list always as one of my favorite directors. Um, just because like, I think the style is so interesting. And yeah. I know that we, we, we halfway had it out in the Discord recently about whether or not you watch this movie and you watch Fantastic Mr. Fox, whether or not you truly get the Wes Anderson experience. Mm -hmm. And I think I came off harsher than I meant to in that like, it sounded like I didn't love these movies. It's just like, I don't, this might be like my 25th favorite movie ever, but it's competing against a lot of heavy yeah. hitters in, I mean, the, in the one to sort of <laughs> 10 range. That's fair. Um, yeah, this was, this movie, like, when it came out, I saw it twice in theaters. Um, and then I, like, we, I think we saw it on a rabbit for, for Bacon and Eggs. Yes, yes. Uh, back when rabbit was a thing. So this came out at a very complicated point in my life where I was only seeing movies that were available through MoviePass. Oh, God, MoviePass. And this was not <laughs> available through MoviePass in my area. So I did not see it in theaters. But I did, like, for whatever reason, when we did the rabbit, it was like, I watched it. And then I watched it with my mom. And then I watched it with Caitlin like three times in three days. And I don't I think it. I've seen it since then. <laughs> <laughs> so I saw it. Um, I saw it, like I said, twice in theaters, once with you guys. And then um, it was nominated for Best Animated. So I, I yes. watched it like right before uh, the Oscars. Um, it lost. I mean, understandably so, because it lost to Into the Spider-Verse. But like still. Oh, just bad luck. I mean, truly, I truly yeah. bad luck. Any other year this would have. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. It would have been. It, it may not have won every time, but it would have been the like the Dark Horse fan favorite I every mean, it, it time. Was still, it was still like I still. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I, I can completely <laughs> understand that. I don't. I don't think it was the fan favorite though. Like no. I think that like in but the Wes, Wes Anderson's never the fan favorite. Like ever. I really wish they had gotten the French Dispatch out in time for this year's. Oh, same. He Oscar hasn't. Season. He hasn't won an Oscar yet. No, he, he has. Alec no, Alexander Desplat has won yes. an Oscar for a Wes Anderson movie. Yes. Yes. But for Grand <laughs> Budapest of all things. Oh, it's just so good though. <laughs> I would see, I would say that's his weakest, at least in recent memory, I would say that's his weakest Wes Anderson score. Really? Yeah. Mm, I, do, I don't know. I love Grand Budapest. At least like, in the I last. I love the score. So there's, there's been, there's been four movies in the last, no. Yeah. No. Four movies in the last, uh, last 10 years, 11 years. Fantastic Mr. Fox was 09. Sorry. 12 years, I guess. Okay. Uh, so Fantastic Mr. Fox, Moonrise Kingdom, Kingdom was 12. Moonrise, Budapest Moonrise was 14. Is, yeah. Moonrise Kingdom is, the, is, is such a good score. It is. Fantastic Mr. Fox is such a good score. This is such a good score. 
Budapest is it's good. It's heavy. It's not like it doesn't it doesn't spark joy the way that Moonrise does. It doesn't yeah, spark joy. <laughs> just the just the music. Now I I I would say that that is my favorite Wes Anderson movie. Although yeah, same. Although I would say that my favorite Wes Anderson movie is the one I just watched. <laughs> not 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 Venice, yeah. not not Moon, Isle of Dogs necessarily, but whatever one I have seen most recently. I get what you're saying. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like any Wes Anderson movie. It's just I always leave like with a smile on my face. Like it's just it's so oh, happy yeah, absolutely. and and it just. He's I'll great. say this is the most I think I've ever liked Isle of Dogs simply because it is the like the first time I've watched it so close to another a live action Wes Anderson mm-hmm. movie. Like I just watched Moonrise Kingdom on Saturday and then I watched this today for the show and I was like I was wrong about what I said about you not getting the full effect. I still think, I still think, I still think that the the animation is just so good. It's so good. Cause I, even I texted you and I was like, the fact that the news and and the stuff on the TV is, is drawn is like 2d drawn and shown animated inside of the TV, which is also animated, but is 3d (laughs) like that, that hurt my brain thinking about how they even make that right. Like that hurt my noggin thinking about like, wow. Yeah. What? <laughs> it's 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 genius, honestly. Like all of the little details of of the animation and this, like all of the the cotton ball clouds and like the little mushroom clouds that they had to make, and and yeah, the the TV animation is just two D animation in a three D stop motion animation, right. like. <laughs> It's bonkers. Right. 3- 3D stop motion animation that's like modeled stop yep. motion animation too. Like it is like, because I remember um, I watched this this YouTuber I watched named Potato Jet mm-hmm. uh, comes out with a video every, he's like a like a camera tech guy on YouTube. Okay. And he comes out with a video every year that's like what every Oscar, what camera every Oscar nominee was shot on. Oh God. You need to send me that this year. I will. But the year that this was nominated, it was like he had to keep making caveats for it in every category because it was shot on a like stills camera, like a Canon <laughs> EOS one one X one DX because yeah. it, like it was shot literally frame by like picture by picture yep. on a stills camera. And so he was just like, this is so complicated to say every time because like I have to make its own category for <laughs> I love stop motion animation. Like I know that me oh, and you so cool. me, me and you have gone back and forth on animation, but like stop motion specifically is just so interesting and so yes. so cool how they do like all the things. Um I, yeah, I will say that I like stop motion in modern day more yes. than I ever have previously. Back when it used to be like the only way to animate stuff, it was either frame by frame drawing or, or frame by frame stop motion. It's like mm-hmm. I can live without, you know, the OG king kong yeah where it plays it at, at 16 frames a second or whatever but <laughs> yeah. when it's when it's like this and they like they move the hairs and stuff mm-hmm. on the dogs then i'm it's it's just like watching a master class in how to make stuff i'm watching Absolutely. it like i don't i don't even know how you start right like i don't know i don't know how to open the program and <laughs> click file new like I'm, I'm i'm so far behind it's just it's so crazy it's so intricate and yeah it's like literally moving a hair per frame and the the dogs are so um detailed like uh, all of the different hairs and all the different dogs and everything is just so it's so pretty i will say the detail of the dogs almost ruins it for me really it like like, verges on uncomfortable for me why almost almost because it's just like it's so like detailed like i could watch the hairs move i don't like so i don't like puppets oh that's right i don't like puppets (laughs) at all and this like they almost come close to like activating the I don't like puppets part of my brain. I get that. Um, See, I love puppets. Yeah. I mean, I I (laughs) admire... I admire puppeteers and the art form behind puppets. I love puppets. Um, I I just they just put the Muppets, the original Muppets show on Disney Plus, and I've watched like a lot of it already. <laughs> like I'm 
not gonna if you put the Muppets on, I'm not gonna run out of the room screaming. <laughs> like I understand that Kermit is not an actual frog, and I think the Muppets, the, the whole Jim Henson family of products, uh, uh, I think I have an easier time dealing with than some of the other ones. It's really like marionettes freak me out. There's so you're that not gonna one... see the new Pinocchio movie. Oh my god. <laughs> When I texted the group chat about that and I was like, Benicio del Toro is making Pinocchio. And you were like, that sounds awesome. And I was like, that sounds like the worst thing I've ever, not Benicio del Toro, Guillermo del Toro. Yeah. Guillermo del Toro is making, the, you know, the Pan's Labyrinth guy, the, the eyes and the hands of Mitch McConnell guy. Is <laughs> I was so excited about it until you sent me, <laughs> until you sent us the, the actual I, I image. Just, like, I, I cannot believe that wasn't the first place your brain went nope. to. I was like, oh, okay, it's going to be awesome. And I then, went to absolute uh, body horror. Like, uh, immediately, just like, how is Guillermo del Toro going to ruin this? Like, how I, is he so, going to make Pinocchio? So my brother is, like, a huge uh, Pan's Labyrinth, like, uh, Guillermo del Toro. Like, right. he loves all of his stuff. My brother loves all the creepy things. So yeah. I went, like, after you told us a couple days later, I'm like, hey, look, this is happening. He's like, that sounds amazing. I'm like, yeah, that's what I thought. And then I showed him the Pinocchio and he's like, that's awesome. I'm like, no, it's not. Right, I'm like, like people, that's terrifying. People are going to love it. And there's a, certain, there's a certain subset of people that are going to be like, this is the coolest thing ever. Like, this is the way it should be done always. And that's fine. Like, like I understand that I'm not everybody. I, I don't like puppets. I don't like weird stuff. I don't like horror movies that much. Like <laughs> Me neither. Um, but people love, people go in for that stuff. They go in for the slasher movies. People love Guillermo del Toro movies, especially they thought Pan's Labyrinth was the greatest thing ever made. And like, it's I've a never good seen movie. It. I've seen it. It's a good it. movie. It is very weird. I mean, like, I, it saw, is, I saw, I saw what is it? The Shape of Water. And like that, that was like, I feel like. To this day, that is one of like three best picture winners <laughs> I've never seen. <laughs> Does the fish guy creep you out? No, I just like it. That one's not even weird to me. It was just like, like, honestly, when I saw that it was Guillermo del Toro, I was kind of like, okay, what's the catch? What's the catch? How are you going to ruin this? Um, Because but, sh she she falls for the fish. Right. But like the fish guy didn't freak me out. He wasn't, it wasn't nearly as weird as it could have been. It oh, just, for sure. But it was still pretty weird. Yes. But for whatever reason, I just had no desire to watch it. That's at fair. all. Like, I have not been able to make myself be like, okay, I'm going to sit down and rent uh, The Shape of Water right now. Like, I've seen almost every other Best Picture winner. There's a few scattered throughout there, but like, since they started doing it in 38, I have seen 90% of them, 95% of them. I have not seen The Shape of Water. I've probably seen less than you, but I have been trying to watch like all of them. I don't know about this year, though. I don't even, um, I don't even remember what's nominated for Golden Globes this year. So, uh, I actually have been, have been going through the Golden Globe nominations and watching them. The best, the best oh, picture. Yeah? yeah, the best drama Golden Globes and watching them. Uh, two of them in particular really caught my eye because I, I, when I first looked up the Golden Globes, it was the first time I heard of these two movies. One is called The Trial of Chicago 7. Oh, I saw that. Did you watch it? Yeah. On Netflix? Yes. Okay, so there's a really interesting thing that happened this year, and I think this is a really interesting conversation to have going into Oscar season. I don't think either of these movies is going to win. I think they're going to give everything to Nomadland, which I have not seen. Okay. But that is definitely what I've heard. That's like the Vegas odds are like as low as they've ever been. Mm -hmm. This movie, Nomadland, which is not streaming yet, is going to be like the movie. Anyway, there's a movie called The Trial of Chicago 7, which if you watch that movie, you know that it features uh, uh, a character named Fred Hampton. Who is mm -hmm. the leader of the Black Panthers in Chicago? There's also a movie called Judas and the Black Messiah, which is direct, which is directly about the assassination of Fred Hampton. Hmm. So there is there is a movie. There are two movies that are nominated for best gold, best drama at the Golden Globes that are at least feature the same historical character in the same time period. That's interesting. Which is very interesting. I have watched both of them. I haven't seen uh, Judas and the Messiah yet. Judas and the Black Messiah was very good. Uh, it is an excellent. It is the kind of it's, a, it's like a Black Klansman type movie 
where it's almost okay. like it's not quite that funny, mm-hmm. not quite that interesting. Like, it, like it's not, it's, it's not, not Spike Lee. <laughs> it is a different, it is a different newer young black director named Shaka King who very much was like, I want to make a Spike Lee movie. Okay. Now, obviously, that's that's giving him a disservice. He made his own movie. He did whatever he wanted, right? For but sure. like, it is very unfortunate they came to bat against Aaron Sorkin mm, in yeah. this, like, because it they, because I think in any other year this would have been a major contender. Any other year would have been a major contender. They make this story about Fred Hampton, the assassinated Black Panther leader, right? Yeah, for sure. Trial of Chicago 7 was so good, though. It was very good. I was going to say, like, have you seen it? It's very good. It is, it is like, it is next level for yeah. a movie. I truly, I truly think it is, it's the best movie I've seen since Parasite. Like, it is it's my absolute very, front very runner. Good absolute front runner for every award this year it's so good it's the best performance i've ever seen from sasha baron cohen oh my god he was amazing ever. he was amazing ever. From, from eddie redmayne yes ever. yes eddie redmayne who, every- won, who won the best actor back to back i believe did he this is be- i think he won for theory of everything and for the danish girl i thought he was nom. i don't did he win for danish girl maybe i don't remember either way I, he was nominated back to back for sure i know he won for theory of everything or he won for the danish girl and didn't win for the i don't remember i don't remember either it's been like seven years now since that <laughs> happened i don't i can't I can't remember anything before last year. Um, yeah, Trial of Chicago Seven. It was very, on, very good. Streaming on Netflix right now. Uh, Judas and Black Messiah streaming on HBO Max. Yeah, I gotta uh, watch that one. Go watch both of them. They're fantastic. Judas and Black Messiah is very heavy. Uh, not oh, to sure. say the Trial of Chicago 7 is not, but it, Trial of Chicago 7 has more. It's funnier. Yeah, for sure. It has its moment. It's Sa- an Aaron Sorkin Sasha movie, Barry right? Cohen. It's like, it's Sasha Baron Cohen. It's an Aaron Sorkin <laughs> movie. You can just fall into the dialogue. Um, Have you seen One Night in Miami yet? No. Very good. Where is that? Uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, cool. Yes, I want to watch that. Very, very good. I highly recommend um, it. Uh, we sat through the 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 new um, Denzel movie that came out, which was not good. Um, <laughs> I don't even know which one that is. There, it's a uh, it's Denzel and um, Rami Malek and Jared oh, Leto. Oh yes, 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 yes. Not on, great on uh, on Netflix. Is it Netflix or HBO? I don't it's remember. Either it's, it's, it's one it's of the Netflix two. or HBO Max. I can't remember. But I remember looking at through the like the um the covers, and I was yeah. like, "Is that Denzel Washington and Rami Malek yeah. and Jared Leto in a movie together?" And I watched the trailer, and I was like, "Oh, so no, no." The thing this. is that the three of them were amazing, but the movie was not great. Like they gave amazing performances in an okay movie, right? Um, so we watched that because uh, like Linton loves Denzel Washington, so we watch all of the Denzel Washington movies, right. and. Um, so we watched that and I was like, well, when it ended, we were just like, um, this is not how we're ending this night. So we put uh, One Night in Miami on and oh my God, so good. So, so good. I mean, Leslie Odom Jr. Amazing. Right. Um, and I don't even know what his name is. The guy who played um, Malcolm X. So good. Like the, the movie was so, 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 yeah, so I good. I believe it. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know how to feel about the Oscars this year whenever they're going to happen. Well, so I had forgotten about, um, I forgot about Mank completely i don't even know what that is so it's uh it's it is who i have not been watching it? movies all i do is read books now it? it's gary oldman <laughs> it's david fincher um, Ooh, gary the, oldman. The, yeah it's gary oldman's playing um herman mankiewicz who was an old like he was a screenwriter with citizen kane mm-hmm. and it's like a black and white uh netflix movie gary oldman amanda Sy- seyfried oh i hate her um, i don't actually hate her she just creeps me out but it came out in like it came out like september october okay it was like a huge deal and it's like it's black and white it's uh the whole thing is crazy and it's david fincher movie and Ooh. uh trent reznor got nominated for best original score twice at the mm. golden globes for that and for soul because apparently soul was a trent reznor from nine what? inch nails score really yeah he got i don't know if it was like a like a like a uh, part of a team that he got nominated? I gotta check now. Hang um, on. 
if I remember this correctly, I might be talking about IAS right now. I'm not gonna lie to you. Best director, best original score. Oh, with John Batiste. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, you're right. Trent Reznor, yes. Atticus Ross, and John Batiste. So Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross also I like, did I knew, Mank. I knew uh, John Batiste had done Soul. Um, yeah, and and wow. apparently, apparently, Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor, yeah, like but, from the Social Network, like from Nine Inch Nails, yeah. also got. So they have <laughs> they have a a two in five chance of winning the Golden Globe for best original score, which is wild. Yeah, but I just looked at like who they're going up against. They're going against Libby Gorenson, Alexander Desplat, yeah. and James Newton Which that's the only thing that Tenant is nominated for. Yeah, because they got Libby Gorenson to do it. Like I was unaware that people did not like that movie. I haven't seen it. I haven't either. Haven't seen it. Didn't watch it. Neither did I, because it um, was out in movie theaters. <laughs> I'm not going to lie to you. I saw the previews and I was like, okay, this is Christopher Nolan, who I love. It's John David Washington, who I love. And it's uh, Ludwig Gorenson, who I love, but I was like, I watched the previews and I was like, this isn't, get- hey, this isn't it, Chris. Man, you you've you've done it before. <laughs> this is not it. I don't know what this is, but this is not it. I was excited. I get excited whenever there's a Nolan movie. Um, Same because I love Nolan, um, and and I also love his brother because Westworld is amazing. Um, oh, Jonathan Nolan, yeah, sleeper sleeper writer so of the decade. So good. Um, but yeah, I like my my father was like, hey, back in when when did it come out? In like August, September. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it was August, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, my dad's like, hey, do you want to come see it? I'm like. Um, no. No? Yeah. <laughs> Not at all, actually, but thanks. Um, yeah, I, it's I, definitely streaming now, and I could watch it, and people have, like, asked us to review it now that it's streaming, but I just have no desire. Yeah, no. Oh, I still haven't seen Dunkirk of- either, actually. Oh, Dunkirk? I'll be honest Dunkirk with you. was good. It was good. I heard it was, I heard it was it's good. It's not but my I have, favorite, but it, it was right. good. I have heard nobody yeah. talk about it the way they talk about the other ones. No, no. Oh. Um, I didn't realize that uh, the trial of Sh- of the Chicago 7 was a Mark Platt production. Mark Platt, like Ben Platt's dad? Yep. Interesting. Yep. It was written and directed by Aaron Sorkin, who's one of my favorite screenwriters For sure. of all time. And the first, the op- the cold open on the trial of Chicago 7 is one of the best so five good. minutes of movie so you will good. ever see. Where they like, they do the Aaron Sorkin thing and they finish each other's sentences in yep. ways that you'd never expect. Just like, literally, if you don't watch the rest of the movie, go watch the first few minutes before they get to the opening credits. So it is so, it is so good. And they keep, they bring, uh, they bring Sasha Baron Cohen in doing stand-up as the, like, Greek <laughs> chorus throughout the yep. movie, which is incredible. I mean, it, it is, it is one of the best scripts I've seen in years. Like, truly, it is yeah, one of the... um, I, I didn't, um, I don't know if I didn't realize it was Aaron Sorkin until after the cold open, and I was like, this feels like the newsroom. I, see, I knew it was Aaron Sorkin, but I turned to Kate after the cold open, and I was like, I, you wouldn't have had to tell me that. Like, I would have yeah, guessed that. Yeah, I'm like, I, I looked over, and I'm like, this, this feels like the newsroom, and I looked it up, I'm like, oh yeah, that's fine. <sighs> That makes perfect sense. Why'd you talk about the newsroom? Because I love the newsroom. I know, but it could have been one of the greatest shows ever made. It and that third was season was just for so like two seasons. For two seasons. <laughs> and then and then they got the dude from the new adventures of old Christine to suck. <laughs> yeah. Whoever uh, it was. I will run into the opening of that series at least like once every other week in some I think about sort watching, of fashion. There, there are some pilots that I could watch over and over again for the rest of time. And I think about the pilot of the newsroom, especially the first 10 minutes of that. Yep. Where he does his speech. Mm-hmm. I think about that. And I think about Mad Men. And those are like. I, so I didn't watch Mad Men like as it was happening. I watched I Mad, Men, Mad Men like what? Two years ago? A yeah. year and a half ago? After it was done. Yeah. Yeah. That I was like, oh, I guess I'll watch this. Everyone keeps saying it's good. And then like I watched it in like two weeks. I because... picked it up. Oh my God. That's six, seven seasons. I know. <laughs> 
I'm no, aware. I, I truly think that uh, episode one, Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, is the best television pilot ever made. It's so like, good. And I saw a, uh, I saw a, a it was a, uh, one of those TikTok trends where you like duet with the thing and the, and the, the pitch was, what is a scene that made you forget that the actor was acting? And somebody quoted with a scene from Mad Men where Peggy goes and asks him for cr- why he, why she didn't get credit on a deal on mm. like a, like a, like a commercial and Don just lays into her. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. And <laughs> I know I've that, seen that TikTok. <laughs> I know that John Hamm gave like his everything to that part and he had to go into rehab for like a year after that. Like, but Jesus Christ, so what a, good. what a show, what a character, what a performance. So good. Anyway, let's talk about, <laughs> uh, let's talk about Isle of Dogs. We haven't um, talked about it at all. <laughs> We talked about Wes Anderson. We did. <laughs> and then we talked about award-winning movies. Um, we did the same thing last episode. I know. I know. <laughs> I just um, love Wes Anderson is the problem. Like it, it, so Every conversation good. I have a, w- about Wes Anderson is a conversation about the whole catalog. Because yep. again, I don't think there's a single director that has such a specific style. Yeah, right? Absolutely. Like, like I think you could, you could make an argument for Tarantino. You could make an for argument sure. for Christopher Nolan where like all of their movies feel like part of the same unit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like but but Wes Anderson especially there's like Moonrise Kingdom and the Grand Budapest Hotel. I have no problem believing that those movies take place in the same cinematic universe, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um I guess. I don't know. I always feel like each of his movies are like just so completely different from oh, the for other sure. one and yet you absolutely 100% know that it's a Wes Anderson movie. Well, cuz Wes Anderson breaks every rule you can find to break, right? Like yep. you're not supposed to you're not supposed to line stuff up in the center of the frame. You're not supposed to like dead on shot you're not supposed to do 90 degree pans. You're not supposed to do X, Y, Z, the dolly shots and everything. He does everything wrong. Air yet, quote, wrong. He uses lenses that diffract the, the frame, which they somehow still managed to achieve in <laughs> this movie, in the yep. animated movie. <laughs> and if you watch, um, if you watch some of the behind the scenes stuff for this movie, it's fascinating. But how they like achieved the Wes Anderson look with models. Yeah. Because cameras are not designed to function in that way. Like, you are breaking physics, basically, like, getting the camera to... Because a lot of times the Wes Anderson thing is he'll use super wide-angle lenses to the point where you're, like, you're looking at the person in the dead center of the frame. And if you mm-hmm. look at the edges of the frame, which is, like, super widescreen, it's, it, like, starts... The lines start to bend back. The yeah. lines on the, on the top of the room start to bend back. And to, like, achieve that look in the the with the with the macro lenses with the can with the uh with the models they had to like work really hard to like get it to do that and sometimes the models w- would be like several feet <laughs> away from the background uh That's i especially crazy. think about the scene where where uh the kid is in the hospital and like spots comes to visit him in the hospital the first time the first time the, yeah. like the backstory or whatever yes the backstory okay, yeah, yeah yeah um and i think about that scene and because because that was one of the ones they referenced and like they have the 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 model of spots like 15 feet away from the walls of the hospital and they're yeah. like doing this crazy stuff with the cameras to get it to do that like bendy thing just because like they're they're using macro lenses basically which are designed to take pictures of things close up mm-hmm. without any distortion whatsoever like that's yeah. their whole purpose Wes Anderson makes you know it's not a bug it's a feature right it's the whole Bethesda thing with the, with the games where like he makes the camera work in the way that you never want it to work yeah where people go, people go out of their way to make the camera <laughs> to not make sure work it doesn't that way happen. yeah <laughs> right like, yeah. like you, go, you go to film school and they're like hey if you use too wide angle of a lens, you know, you're going to start to get distortion and diffraction. And Wes Anderson was that. like, Wes Sounds Anderson like was a like, great idea. okay, so use wide angle lenses <laughs> so you get distortion. But that's why I remember one of the first ever, like, probably big arguments you and I ever had on Discord was about how, like, you can't have cinematography in animation. I was, I, I was wrong. 
<laughs> String me up on my bootstraps. I was wrong. Okay, I saw How to Train Dragon 3, The Hidden World. I saw Frozen 2. I realized I was wrong. I saw Pixar's soul. Oh my God. And realized movie. that I never, ever had a leg to stand on. Okay, well, I was not going to like completely drag you, but uh, I think this is a great example of just, yeah, you were absolutely wrong. Like this, the, the cinematography in this movie is just insane. But also, I, this was not what I had in mind though when I made those examples because this is, whether it is animated or not, this is still legitimate cinematography. Like it is made with a physical camera in a physical room doing physical things, right? I get you. Like that is what I so often feel like. Um, I talked to Scott and Nice Wander about this recently about cinematography in animated movies and why we were so impressed with Pixar's soul is because Pixar's soul gives you the vibe that there is a small animated man with an animated camera on his animated shoulder following Joe Gardner around. Yeah, absolutely. And like thinking about what the light would look like in this underground jazz club and mm -hmm. thinking about what an anamorphic Panavision lens would look like in this light. And they really did that better than it's ever been done in animation before. Like it is, it is, and I said it in the soul episode, it is one thing to do a scene like the end of Frozen 2 where the, the, the water comes and like overtakes Arendelle and like stops yeah. everything. That I get in animated movies and that's why I was kind of like always sort of hesitant on cinematography in animated movies because it's the in it's the infinite tripod right like it's it is cool but there's not there at least till recently there was not really camera work yeah I got what you're saying um it has definitely come a long way recently, I think, with, with Pixar and Disney and, and the stuff Wes Anderson's doing, the stuff Leica's doing, and the stuff Illumination's doing. It is, like, very much becoming a real thing. But, like, if you watch Toy Story, it's, like, those are locked off tripod shots. It just oh, feels yeah. like it was drawn, right? And there's nothing wrong with that. Animation, obviously, is drawn, whether it's drawn in a computer or drawn on paper. Like, it is drawn. It is still a flat thing. Like, it can be as 3D as you want it. You can model it as 3D as you want it. It's still, like, it is a flat yeah, the, but the, thing the, that you're creating. The good thing is that the more the technology grows and the... the the, the better the technology right. gets, the, the better the movies are going to get. And the more cinematography you're going to be yes. able to recreate it digitally. And that's that's always been the case in stop motion movies. Like if you if you go watch the bat, the behind the scenes of any stop motion animated movie, I promise you it's fascinating whether it's this or oh, yeah. Fantastic Mr. Fox or whether it's any of the Leica movies, Kubo and the Two Strings, oh my God. or whether it's yes. uh, or, or Nightmare Before Christmas. Like it, it, a lot of people don't realize what they went through to make the Nightmare Before Christmas back in 1990, whatever it was. Yeah. It's where like those were real sets mm -hmm. and they were models and stuff. Those were real sets. And like Tim Burton came through and was just like, nope, this set is wrong. Remake it just like and they would have to like rebuild these sets. Have you watched the the props uh, docuseries on Disney Plus? I have not. So uh, they have an episode on Nightmare and um, Danny Elfman's actually in the episode. Um, and That's cool. Yeah, because he has like one of like the original um, Jack just uh, uh, Jack Santa Claus, like with the reindeer and yeah. like, on the sleigh. Like he has the original one. Um, and they they showed us like uh, like in there, they show you a bunch of like the original uh, Jack Skellington models, the original like uh, curly mountain thingy. OK. Um, and it's just like. Like, it's insane and they they go into how all of the stop motion was made for that right insane amount of work like so much work it's just like painstakingly well, like just move I, you a little bit and then move you a little bit and then move you, you a little bit if you haven't watched it i would recommend going and watching it's a netflix series called the movies that made us okay and they did a they did a christmas special this year where they did like a couple different christmas movies and nightmare was one of them Ooh. and they like they got danny elfman on to talk about how he got like screwed over by tim burton during that movie Ooh, because he was supposed to voice jack 
skeleton and do the songs and everything. And they like replaced him without telling him. And they made his wife tell him because she was also working on the movie because she got hired to replace the original screenwriter to do the wrote Beetlejuice and then like didn't write the movie and spent his whole paycheck on cocaine and then died. And like, <laughs> oh, yeah, it's just easy to let them tell that story. <laughs> Well, Netflix let him tell that story about how, yeah, the original screenwriters to do the road Beetlejuice and was like, uh, Tim Burton paid him a pile of money, was like, write this script for me. And he just didn't do it. And they were like, hey, did you write the script? And he was like, nope, spend it on drugs, need more money. Thanks. Well, didn't Danny Elfman voice Jack? Danny Elfman, I don't remember whether Danny Elfman ended up voicing Jack or singing the songs. He was supposed to do both. He ended up not doing one of those two. They either had somebody come sing it or had somebody come voice it. I think it was the voicing. Okay, interesting. I believe that Danny Elfman sung the songs. Probably. Because they like, he was so attached to it and like his wife was the screenwriter and everything and they were just like working on this movie at home just like, hell yeah, the night before Christmas yeah. like, I'm gonna be Jack Skellington, this be cool. And then like Tim Burton was like, yeah, but we're not gonna use you and I'm gonna make your wife tell you. And, Rude. Like, also Tim Burton was apparently never there. Like his name was work? like, his name was like attached and he directed and produced it but it was just like his whole team was making the movie without him. He was in San Francisco making some different movie while they oh were my God. filming. Because they worked on it for like four years. Yeah, I was going to say, like, I know that they, they had to work on it for like for forever. Yeah. Um, I was unaware that he was just missing that whole time. Yeah, he was mostly missing that whole time. I'm telling you, go watch the Netflix series, the movies that made us. Oh, definitely um, have to. Watch the one about Elf. Watch the one about Nightmare Before Christmas. They're both great. Oh, man. Yeah, I got to check that out. I haven't seen this. I haven't seen um, that at all. I, I believe it's on series. Netflix. Those I are like my favorite kinds. All of the behind the scenes stuff. That's fascinating for sure. I'm very much looking forward to the uh, the making of WandaVision. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, I had been watching uh, Gallery, the, the one for The Mandalorian, but they yeah. haven't released anything for season two. Like they released one episode and then stopped releasing episodes. I think that's what they're doing from now on is they're doing one. Apparently that's what I've, I've seen from people that like know the Disney calendar is that they're doing one episode for each thing that comes out. So it's like the making of the Mandalorian and there'll be one, the making of WandaVision. And then the next week will be Falcon Winter Soldier will start. That's rude. And there'll be one week of the making of Falcon Winter Soldier and then in Black Widow and then one week of the making of Black Widow. And then that's rude. Considering they gave us like, I think like nine episodes the fir- for the first season. Yeah. That's rude. They can't let you like too that. much behind the scenes, apparently. That's so upsetting. I love that series so much because of it. Well, uh, I could listen to John Favreau talk like forever. And Taika. Oh, for sure. Taika was in like most of those episodes too. And he's hilarious. So yeah. Yeah. It's funny. The, uh, the, the movies that made us about Elf, they got everybody involved except for John Favreau to come <laughs> on the show. So they just kinda, like, kept talking about John Favreau in the I third person. I feel like Disney was like, nope, not allowed. Yeah, no way. That's 100% what happened. Disney was like, yeah, you're not allowed. You have to come do this. Yeah, you're you're busy that day. <laughs> Sorry. Um, um no, so, so go ahead. Yeah, no, you go ahead. I didn't actually I uh, no, I was gonna go back to the movie. I feel like yes, we haven't talked so about I. the movie at all. So I, so so what what is it about this movie that you that you love? Like what makes it for you? What is your favorite part? What is your least favorite part? Who's your favorite dog? Uh do you I like mean, the Chief kid? is my favorite dog. Chief's your favorite? Yeah. Yeah. The whole story. Like it's just it's so cute. I, don't I, know. I literally came home after watching it today and like hugged my dog for five minutes like i just it makes me like super you know warm in the heart um my favorite scene um oh i also really like um what's his face like did you hear the rumor um oh yeah yeah Uh, duke jeff goldblum uh, jeff goldblum yeah Yeah. dude that's that whole thing is just hilarious i mean all five of them are so perfect and that they're like the stereotypical like male dog names right 
It's Chief yeah, Rex, Chief Rex King, King, Duke, and Boss. And boss. <laughs> um, Scarlett Johansson as Nutmeg was great. Um, they're, they're just like, I ugh, these casts, man. These casts, I know. <laughs> like, I was watching Moonrise Kingdom and Kate was like, because it's the first time she's seen it, she's like, does he just get everybody in the world for all of these movies? And I was yes. like, yeah. It yeah, just, that's is, what he does. It is, an, it is an increasingly bigger list of people, right? Yeah, because I didn't even realize I, uh, Greta Gerwig was um, the, the, the girl, the foreign exchange student from Ohio. Yeah. I didn't realize that that was her nope, at me all. Or that uh, Frances McDormand is the like interpreter. I knew for... that. I recognized her voice. I didn't recognize her voice at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I recognized her voice because, I, again, I'd just seen Moonrise mm-hmm. Kingdom. That's fair. Um, um, and, I, and I had actually just looked it up and been like, okay, so this was the first one she was in, but she's been in Isle of Dogs. I think she's set to be in the French Dispatch as well. It, yeah, I, I think I, I think so. I don't remember. I haven't even seen that trailer in such a long time. I saw it like, when it first came out, and then now I don't remember anything. Bill Murray's in all of them. Harvey yes. Kettel's in all of them. Bob Balaban's in all of them. Tilda Swinton's in all of them. Edward um, Norton. Edward Norton is, is in not recently. Yes. Yeah, since Grand Budapest. Yeah, which has only been two of them. Yeah. Yeah, Grand Budapest was his first. Um, okay. Well, then, yeah, he's in those two. Um, yeah. You know, usually you get one. I don't think you did in this one, but usually you get one of the Wilson brothers. We didn't get a Wilson um, brother this movie. Yeah. Um, I normally think get a Wilson brother. You got I, Jason Schwartzman writing it, but not in it in this one. <laughs> yeah weird um i really like the entire scene of um of chief and atari in um in like on the disney island on the on the like amusement park island yes like when he goes on the slide and then they play fetch and then he gives him a bath and like that whole scene is just like adorable and the whole thing where where atari is just standing underneath the like the height (laughs) sign you must be this tall and chief is like you can't ride the you can't ride the pagoda slide also you're not (laughs) tall enough anyway and then chief walks away and atari still standing there he comes back he's like no seriously we gotta go like and atari's just not moving and chief is like what are you doing brian cranston for that part was so So perfect so good oh I bite. <laughs> because that's the thing about so that's the thing about Wes Anderson movies is like not only are you relying on the script, not only are you relying on the acting, you're also relying on everything else the actors have ever been Absolutely. in. Absolutely. <laughs> because you have to think about like this movie does not work without Brian Cranston having been the lead in Breaking Bad, right? For sure. He has to have been Walter White to sell this part. And that's absolutely is so brilliant. <laughs> Again, about about Bruce Willis in Moonrise Kingdom. He's Bruce Willis. He's the action movie star, but he's John McClane. Yep. And in this in Moonrise Kingdom, he is this absolutely worthless cop. <laughs> Who, like, just loves this kid and it's just like, yo, we got to get this kid back. Like, what are, why, we're worried about the kid, guys, come on. (laughs) And then he adopts the kid and, like, makes him be a junior police officer. And, like, it's Bruce Willis, the action star, again, John (laughs) McClane from the Die Hard movies. From Die Hard. The Die Hard movies. It doesn't work like that unless you have that knowledge. That context, yeah. Right. It's the same reason Will Ferrell is so great in Stranger Than Fiction, right? Because it is so unlike every other Will Ferrell movie that your brain is constantly like waiting for the thing, right? Waiting for him to turn into Frank the Tank. Yep. But he doesn't. And that's what's so great about. So good. Um, But yeah, so Brian Cranston as Chief is just amazing. The the whole, like his whole demeanor the whole time. Um, Right. And then obviously like warming up at the end. Um, The only complaint... I have about this movie okay. is that they make you think that Spots dies. <laughs> yes, they do make you think that Spots dies. Uh, he does not. And he is actually chief. Yes. I... Ugh. scares me and, and it's one of those things where like you, once they finally reveal that, that Chief is Spots you're sitting there like yeah. mm, I should have guessed yeah. that. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> I should have figured that one out should've believe it or known. not. Uh, <sighs> yeah, it's 
it's just so good. It um, is so good. It is so pretty. It is so interesting. Just the whole the whole story they tell. So so for those of you who haven't watched it, basically the the pitch is that this is a a Japan that never happened where dogs have gotten diseased to the point where they are harmful to people. We yep. find out later that it's because of human interference. Yep. And 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 them releasing diseased fleas to give them like snout rot or whatever canine, it is. It's the canine flu. The canine flu and then and yeah, I think it's like snout rot or snout yeah. something. Something like that. These diseases that have have gotten harmful to dogs and also harmful to other people. Uh and so this crazy like dictatorial mayor of Megasaki decides that he's going to uh banish all dogs to this trash island that isn't actually like an island. I guess it is. It the map is, is the map is confusing. Well, because the whole thing is that this island has been like trashed in some way, shape, or form. Like every section of this island has been either consumed by like volcanic right. something or like a tsunami or... But they lead you to believe that the city of Megasaki is also on this island, but it's not. No. But like, the I don't know. I got confused when I was looking at the maps and stuff earlier and I was like, is this an island? Like it's, it's huge. And there's just like uncharted areas of trash. <laughs> <laughs> but also an amusement park? Yeah, like one section like it, was an it, amusement park. One section was like a, a science lab. Like, like it used <laughs> to be inhabited and yes. now is just a landfill. Yep. Um. So yeah, they banished all of the dogs to this island. Um. And then the nephew and ward of the... Uh, of the mayor of the mayor flies this tiny little plane to the island in right. order to rescue his dog spots and, and crashes and they call him the little pilot <laughs> he's so and he's cute. got a got a chunk of propeller clutch in his head <laughs> he's so cute he is and he like he can talk to the dogs he has like a or he can't talk to them he has like a i guess he can talk to them but he has like a like a thing that interprets dog for him yeah it's sort of <laughs> i think Vaguely, like I don't know if that if if it interprets dog for him or if it, the dog then hears what he says because he's so soft spoken. Um, I don't I, know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how that whole thing works. Right, and you get that whole thing where he's like, he picks up a stick and he's looking at Chief and he's like, fetch it. <laughs> and Chief is like, I'm not gonna fetch it. There's no way. There's no chance. I'm not fetching the stick. Not be between you and me and God. We're not doing it. He's like, fetch it. And he's like, look, I'm not doing this because you told me to. I'm doing this because I pity you. And I feel bad. The situation for you. because I feel bad for you. And it's like they're they're you get the inner workings of like how the dogs' minds work, and they all have like one distinct character trait. All five of them. And like yeah. Chief is the leader, but but Edward Norton Dog, whatever his name is, is like also the planner. I think he, yeah, he's Rex. He's Rex. You're um, not the leader. <laughs> which which he clearly is because he's the only one that can make a plan and he's just sitting there like no, my plan was to rendezvous at like how hard is this this is an obvious no-brainer right like we, we rendezvous yeah and brian Cranston's is like let's take a vote uh because chief wants to be the leader so bad because his name's Ch i mean chief his duke they're all named they're, they're all named leader names uh, chief duke king and edward norton's rex yeah, Rex, which is yeah. king, and then boss. They're all like, they're all <laughs> they're the leader, all, right? Exactly. They're all alpha dogs. They except also, they except for spots. <laughs> Spots. Except for spots. And one of them was like a dog, the doggy chop mascot. Like he was <laughs> yeah. he was the food mascot. Um yeah. <laughs> uh boss is the the baseball team mascot. The baseball team mascot. The Bill Murray, and, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they're just obviously because you gotta you gotta great. put Bill Murray dog in the baseball jersey because he's <laughs> he's a Mr. Chicago Cubs guy. Exactly. Which um, I, I love that the dog is the mascot for the undefeated Japanese high school baseball <laughs> team. <laughs> 
It's just so cute. You can't uh, you can't linger on any one line for long enough, or nope. you will completely just be like, huh. <laughs> And they're all like the whole movie is so serious, and all the dogs are so serious. But then they are, they're all sick, so they have this little like sneeze cough thing. Yes, so <laughs> that diffuses like every situation. Yes. <laughs> oh. oh my gosh! And then we find out that the mayor of Megasaki is behind the dog flu. And yeah, and he had gets... the like the scientist that was making the cure like had him killed. Right. And then he was killed himself yep. in, in a suicide or whatever. Yep. And he was actually murdered with poisoned wasabi. <laughs> the wasabi in your blood <laughs> determined that you had X amount. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> I know. The exchange student from Ohio giving these like eulogies. Just like the, Professor the, Professor Miyamoto or whatever, leader of the science party. <laughs> the wasabi in your blood was a um a, an amount with an amount of poison to kill like five hundred elephants. It was it was, <laughs> yeah, like it was whales, I believe. Oh, that's but, what it was. It was whales. Yeah. <laughs> Enough poison to stop the heart of five hundred whales. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and Yoko Ono as the assistant, like actual I mean, Yoko Ono. I mean, it's just like I don't know how he does it, right? Because it's it's always been the case. The man made his first movie which was freaking Rushmore yeah and was just like hmm we got Bill Murray <laughs> as like one of the leads like let's go and it's just about this about this kid Jason Schwartzman going to like high school with Bill Murray <laughs> as the as the like and it's just like since then figure. just everybody yeah. everybody Wilton oh Defoe's been in a bunch of them uh, I mean everybody in the world Timothy Chalamet is in the next one the we new got a couple, one yeah he's gonna be the new first guy timers. couple he's first gonna timers. be the new guy I feel it Benicio Del Toro as the lead in the French Dispatch uh, Timothy Chalamet in the French Dispatch got a couple couple new timers because like we saw we saw Will Ray Fiennes did in Grand Budapest that was his first time working with <laughs> so good um, so good with, yeah, I love I love Grand Budapest absolutely so much it. incredible movie wait Tilda Swinton's in this movie oh she's the pug she's that the Oracle the TV. yeah she's the pug that watches TV <laughs> yeah no she's in all of them at this point oh like, my god uh, that's the gift that I love using the most <laughs> is the oh, pug yeah. like turning around in the wide eyes yes <laughs> <laughs> they're like she could see the future <laughs> like, the no, one like, she just, no she, she just understands, understands tv, TV. <laughs> it's gonna snow <laughs> her and then the the other dog that that she's with is just like an alcoholic yeah <laughs> he drinks, drinks the, he's the same Bernard that drinks the brandy yeah. <sighs> oh my god i don't i don't know where he comes up with this like <laughs> I, I have no idea. The dude's like, where, where does he get these ideas? Like, <sighs> I, I, <laughs> you it's can just say everything. Everything is just like, what was it that I told you? Like, perfectly, like, insane. Yes. It's, ugh. and you can say the, the same thing about a lot of these, like, writer, director, producer guys that, like, try to one man it as much as possible. Where, mm -hmm. like, where do they get these ideas? Like, where do Christopher Nolan's ideas come from? Where do Tarantino's ideas come from? Where do, you know, because they're not like Spielberg yeah. types. Like, Spielberg comes in and is like, okay, I'm Sp Spielberg. I'm going to direct a movie. Like, somebody else wrote this movie and I'm going to direct it. We're I'm gonna good. I'm going to direct it. <laughs> I'm gonna but, direct like, the these, hell people out that, of it. these people that have their, their hands on the project from day one is yeah. always crazy to me. It's like you got to come up with the story. You got to hire people to, to you got to find funding for it. You got to hire people to write it. You got to direct it. You got to hire the whole team. You got to find actors. Like, yeah, I, I mean, at this point, like he's writing the parts for the actors already. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Like, you call up call up Bill Murray or, or Edward Norton. You're like, hey, I've got a role for you. You have I need to do you to it. play a dog. <laughs> right. I need you to play a dog. I need you to play a Nazi. Like, <laughs> you have to oh. be the leader of the Gestapo. Like, <laughs> 
Oh my god. I don't I don't know what else to say about this movie other than it's delightful. Every time I get to see Edward Norton in a part like this or in Moonrise Kingdom, it is crazy for me because like every other movie he's saying he's such a dick. Yeah. Constantly, like he's Tyler Durden, he's the dude, the 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 actor nobody wants to work with in Birdman, and he is like notoriously hard to work with and like not a super nice person. Yeah, but in these Wes Anderson movies, he always plays these like fairly kind people. Like the Scoutmaster he plays in Moonrise Kingdom is bumbling and dumb, but like yeah. truly cares about the kids, right? He's like no, and even because he plays he plays what the cop in um in yeah Grand Budapest yeah, and like yeah, he's the cop, but like he's also kind of like a fan of the hotel and right. like and of everybody so like mm. so it's yeah just he's, so, he's very delightful in the west anderson movies right it's like it, it, it makes you wonder what wes anderson sees in this man that like nobody else does where he gets to be in like american history x oh god but also oh. in in <laughs> isle of dogs as this dog that can plant stuff <laughs> what do you think jeff goldblum shooting for this movie was like because i imagine jeff goldblum <laughs> showed up for like 45 minutes and was just like i heard a rumor did you I hear heard a rumor yeah <laughs> <laughs> Did you hear about this? Did you hear about that? It's just like the most Jeff Goldblum part. And the, and the dogs always, they're just like, oh, what? I didn't hear that. No way. Are you kidding me? They're so invested in it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, What else? I love Jeff I Goldblum know. so much. Oh, he's amazing. I love him. So Did you much. watch his his show on Disney Plus? No, what? <laughs> that came what out show? like at launch. He had, like the... Um, what was it like the the a light the in the life of Jeff Goldblum or something? Oh, oh no, I did not. I did not watch that. I he remember hearing about that. Is so eccentric. I love him. I believe it. I love him so much. Like I, he is so kooky. So, I feel like, like every, I feel like the Jeff Goldblum we get on screen is the real Jeff Goldblum. Like <laughs> at this point, every time, like the world according to Jeff Goldblum. That's what it is. So like each episode, he would basically do like research into like this one thing. So like the first episode is like sneakers so he goes to like a sneaker con and like buys like these crazy sneakers and just goes through like why everyone is obsessed with sneakers and why they cost so much but he's jeff goldblum so (laughs) it's a lot of fun that doesn't surprise me at all that's so good like you should watch it i will we do not it's very funny we do not deserve jeff goldblum we don't at all excuse me you're fine getting getting late i slept like three hours last night oh no it's just one of those nights, you know, yeah. where I wasn't like, wasn't having a bad night, wasn't sad or anything, just sitting there at 5 a.m. just like, oh, it's 5 a.m. <laughs> be really good if I could get some sleep. That happened to me the night before last, right? What's, like a- What's today? It's Wednesday. So like Wednesday. Monday night. Yeah, yeah. Monday night that happened to me. I was just like, oh, look, it's four in the morning. If I go to sleep now, I can have three hours of sleep or I can just wait the three hours and I'll deal with it tomorrow. Right. <laughs> I feel like those times it's almost better to just stay up. Like it is. It, there's there's definitely part of me that's like, if I'm gonna get three to three and a half hours of sleep, I should just stay up. I'm just gonna stay awake. Yeah, um, definitely. Because like, it, like I wasn't even doing anything. I wasn't sitting there on my phone. I wasn't. Do, I was staring at the wall. Like I put myself in bed at like 1:30, staring at the wall, just like sure be great if I could fall asleep right yep. now. Love that I for me. That. I, I finished recording with Julia. I picked up my cousin from her first day of work. And then I came home and I was just like, okay, cool. I'm going to go to bed. It's like 1130. I'll get like an acceptable amount of sleep. Right. Nope. I was on TikTok nope. for half an hour and I was like, okay, I, I got to stop with the TikTok. Stop. And then I stopped with the TikTok. I put some music on and then I just laid there and I was like, okay, well, I'm awake now. See, that's me with the books though, as I'll sit there like, oh man, I got to gotta stop reading this book. <laughs> Honestly, same. <laughs> 
How, how many how many are you up to now since uh, you're uh you're in the challenge with us 28 god yeah. you're catching up though i'm trying so hard right now you're catching up and honestly uh with my new job like i'm not gonna have the time that i've been dedicating to listening to books yeah i know <laughs> uh, but i'm not i'm not worried about you any once becca passed you i wasn't oh worried god. about you anymore i knew well, becca and i are tied now so yeah because <laughs> becca's had a bad couple days i mean yeah she has uh but she's reading right now so of we're course Screwed. Yeah, <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> it's fine. Yeah. Nobody can match her. Her speed is the real thing. <sighs> like, it's not fair, actually. So, uh, Becca and I have definitely uh, like FaceTimed and read because yeah. like our whole thing is like if we were friends like in person, like we would be hanging out at one of our our houses. So like this would be things that we would do in real life. So we just FaceTime and do it. Um, so we've definitely FaceTime and read like the same book and right. we, we read pretty much the same speed um but i just haven't had time to sit and read with my eyes she has more time to sit and read with her eyes yeah that's than the thing I is do. i truly think i truly think the audiobooks are holding me back that's because you refuse to speed them up <laughs> i just like I, I i've been speeding some of them up but like i like a good narrator like i do too but since i started speeding them up i tried to listen um to never wear on one like just normally and it was too slow yeah i will say i've definitely i've definitely like i won't go any lower than like 1.3 now yeah so i'm i'm I range between like 1.3 and 1.5 and then like depending on the book like this last book the Brightsiders that I just finished like the narrator was like the Queen Gambit slow so yeah um, and this I thing was is at like a full one 1.7 there before the before the book challenge if I got to a book like the Queen's Gambit I just would have returned it like I wouldn't oh, yeah. have I wouldn't have I wouldn't have done it like there's no returning the, books this year that's the thing with the book <laughs> challenge is like if, if I, I if it is if it is if at 1.7 times speed it's gonna cost me less than six hours i will read anything <laughs> same um but like yeah previously i would have just like gone for a different you new know, gaming book or somebody that like reads at a normal speed like yeah that's no fair. problem i would speed some up to like 1.2 or whatever if it got really uh dire but yeah. like, I just wouldn't read books with bad narration. That's <laughs> like, fair. at all. Um, yeah, like so the the Game of Thrones books. I whatever the book was before. I think it was the the Queen's Gambit that I had finished before. I was at like one point seven. So when yeah. it started, I was like, oh god, no, absolutely not. This is too fast. Yeah. See, I truly um, think you're crazy for speeding that one up at all. I love the guy that narrates those so much. I think they're great. Um, I think he's great. Absolutely. I still like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, I don't know what happened. I, I used to be able to listen to it at normal speeds and now yeah. I'm just like, <gasps> once you, yeah, once so you start, you back. But yeah, Becca, <laughs> it's all Becca Becca's burns fault. through the, the eyeball books in ways that I like, I don't know. I don't have the attention to do that. I don't know if she takes it in the way some other people do. She doesn't. She's admitted that though. Like, like I went to go talk to her about the Brightsiders because I just finished it and she's like, oh, right. I forgot that happened. I'm like, you just read it a month ago. <laughs> right. This, that's what I'm saying is like, there, there's part of me that gets myself down on like how far she's been ahead of me. And I'm like, I, we just don't work the same. Like, yeah, but, but I mean, that's fine. Like whatever. And, and it's the same thing I told Tyler. I'm like, just enjoy the books you're reading. That's all that matters. I've legitimately enjoyed like 90% of the books that I've read so far. Um, there was like, Boy, howdy, the one I just two. finished was a bummer. Which one did you just finish? I read Nerve. Oh, I have that one in my, in my audible. I saw the movie. I haven't read the I book. saw the, so I really liked the movie. So here's how it went. I really liked the movie or I, I mean, I thought it was fine. Like it was, yeah, it was a it movie. Was, it it's was, like, I'm probably never going to watch it again, but, but like, it was fine. I like, enjoyed I the time I spent with the movie. <laughs> right. I, I was like, yeah, I think it was on movie pass. Uh, but yeah, it was like, it was like Emma Robertson, Dave Franco and freaking yeah. Machine Gun Kelly. And I was like, this is cool <laughs> enough, whatever. 
Like, sure. And then I went to go, I was like, oh, it's a book. Let me listen to the book way back in the day when that movie mm-hmm. came out. And I, I started it and like sampled it and was like, I can't deal with this narrator. Um, and so I put it back, but then I saw it was free on the Audible catalog. And so I was yeah. like, you know what? I'll just listen to 1.7. It'll be fine. And I was just like, gosh, shut <laughs> up. <laughs> That's how I was with, uh, what was the one that I didn't like? I, I recently gave a one star to, I, I can't remember. There was, I feel like there was like three books that I didn't like. One of them <laughs> was the, the Bridgerton book, which like, thank God for Shonda Rhimes. Um, and, uh, the other one was the Carrie Hope Fletcher book that I read that I just could not get into at all. There was a third one. I can't remember, but it was the same thing. I was just like waiting for the book to end. I'm like, okay, I got it. I just finished what you're saying. Like I'm, I'm over yeah. this, completely over this. Um, right. but I think that I out of the 28 books, I think that those are the only three that I can't. That yeah, I, I mean, I, I've, like. I've enjoyed most of the ones I've read so far, um, for sure. I haven't enjoyed as much, some of as much as I thought I was going to. Like, I, personally, The Wallflower was fine. I, I think it was a, be- a much better movie. I haven't movie. read that in forever. Yeah. I read that I, one I, when I was younger. I haven't read I just read thought it, it hit forever. so much harder as a movie. Oh, for sure. Um, That's how I feel about Simon. Oh, I 100%. 100%. Because, like, I, I saw Simon and then read the book, which was probably my mistake. Um, Yeah, I, I saw I Simon and then read the book. I did, too, but I don't think it would have changed anything. Maybe. I don't know. I just think the, the ending is so much better in the book. Well, I mean, I've, in the movie. I've in since the movie, read three Becky Albertalli books. One, two. Yeah. Three Becky Albertalli books that I've absolutely loved. Um, See, I want to read the book about Leah because I liked Leah in the movie, not because I liked Leah in the book. It's the problem. <laughs> um, I really liked Leah off the, on... Leah on the offbeat like she like oh that, that was my that's just, been my favorite one I hated Leah in the book though in the first one I can't remember Leah in the like, book I, I, can, st- I, I can only stand think her about and, the, the movie and the book made the whole thing about her at the end which is what I hated I honestly don't even remember that yeah. I just remember the movie like that's the the, that's the version that I choose to remember <sighs> the movie's so good <laughs> it is it's so good it's so underrated um yeah so I hope they make a Leah um, Leah movie that'd be good with what's her name Hannah Baker whatever yeah, her real name is with uh um, Morgan Stark. What? Yeah. She's cast as Morgan Stark. In what? Originally at Endgame and in whatever future Morgan Stark has in the MCU. Morgan have you Stark not is a child. That, have you not seen that deleted scene? No. Why would I watch the deleted scene? It's so good. I haven't watched, <laughs> and I have not watched Avengers Endgame since the theaters. Ugh. So I, I recently I don't watched watch deleted it. scenes. What are you talking about? Well, excuse me. Yeah, there's an there's a deleted scene where like when he snaps, he goes into the soul stone and he sees Morgan as like an adult oh, teenager. That's wild. And yeah, I didn't notice that. Didn't and it's that. um Hannah Baker, whatever gotcha. her name is. I was very confused. I was like, Morgan Stark is I a child. <laughs> that you had no, seen I it. I don't watch deleted scenes. They're deleted oh, for I a do. reason. No, Who I, I, I watched all of them. Oh. <laughs> Deleted for a reason. Absolutely. Oh no, no the, the endgame ones are even worse because they're half of them aren't rendered and like oh, I'm sure, you yeah. have like like a 2D animated uh, rocket raccoon. <laughs> right. Or it's just green screen. Like yeah. <laughs> I've never really seen bad. I didn't know there was that much green in the whole galaxy. <laughs> Um, no, actually, <laughs> no, the ones for Endgames, they don't have the green screens. They're just like, they're definitely not like right. done. So everything's just like bright orange, <laughs> like bright orange. <laughs> but yeah, that's that the one that kills me the most is that behind the scenes from The, from the Force Awakens where Daisy Ridley says the line about, I didn't know there was this much green in the whole galaxy. <laughs> and it cuts to the windows of the Millennium Falcon just being green screens. <laughs> It's the funniest thing I've ever seen oh in my, my life. <laughs> no, I watched like all of the special features for Endgame. I also recently like rewatched the entire MCU. Yeah, I haven't before seen, WandaVision. I haven't seen a Marvel movie since Spider-Man Far From Home in theaters. <laughs> I um 
I was like, after, so after Endgame and then, yeah, I guess after Spider-Man, um, I was just like, okay, we're done for a while. Like, I'm okay. I'm re- I, like, I'm ready for this break. Yeah. And then WandaVision came and I was just like, I'm ready for all of the MCU things. And I guess not MCU anymore. I guess just MU. I don't know. Because it's not cinematic anymore. I mean, I would say that, that I would... Here's the thing. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. You didn't want to talk about WandaVision. <laughs> it's just that the thing with, with both WandaVision and with The Mandalorian is like those belong to the movies in ways that people who are fans of the other TV shows get mad at me for. Like WandaVision, mm-hmm. is, WandaVision is to the MCU what Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. never was or could be. Like, okay, that's fair. You know what I'm saying? Like like even, even the Netflix shows, like WandaVision is so much more connected and it feels like part of it. And like... The Mandalorian feels like part of the live action Star Wars canon in ways that honestly in ways more than the prequels do sometimes to me like okay I get well I feel like if we're talking strictly TV shows like I feel like it's kind of like the freedom of having your own platform to do it right because age of uh not age uh agents of shield and uh what was the other one that I still haven't seen, um, the Peggy Carter, Carter one. Yeah, Agent yeah. Carter. Like, had to fit within a certain amount of time. It had to be made for, you know, um, for cable TV and right. et cetera. And the same thing with, like, Clone Wars and, um, and, uh, Rebels. Uh, right. like, it had to, it had to be a kid's show, like, for Disney and, like, whatever. So I think with Disney Plus and, and yeah, just with Disney Plus, they have the freedom to do whatever the hell they want. Right. And like, that's the whole thing is, like, like, anything. yeah, Agents of Shield was a TV show the and 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 that's that's what it was it was a cable tv show and the netflix shows were netflix shows and they were very much reminiscent of the current the stock of netflix shows at the time like they were dark and gritty and they were uh interesting i haven't seen most of them and deep i I haven't either but like (laughs) yeah this is based on the first season of daredevil basically that's the only one i've watched yeah that's the only one i've seen too i got like two episodes into 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 jessica jones and was like yeah i love chris ritter but no oh Um, for the same person (laughs) um but yeah, like like those never felt like part of it. And then I, I started watching WandaVision, and maybe it's just the inclusion of the like it's the fact that a main character Marvel hero yeah. is in the TV show. But like, what's gonna sound? What's gonna come out of my mouth right now is gonna sound really stupid. But WandaVision isn't a TV show the way that Agents of Shield is a TV show, even though WandaVision is parodying directly <laughs> TV show. Like it is a TV show about a TV show. Yeah, but it's, a, just, it's a whole different. And I I don't want to give Disney this kind of credit because. I hate giving Disney this kind of credit, <laughs> but it's between this and the Mandalorian, and it is a whole different breed of streaming television. Oh, absolutely! That like Netflix tried to get to, and like I think I think Stranger Things got pretty close. I think a couple of the other ones have gotten pretty close to this like upper echelon of entertainment that transcended television shows. But at the end of the day, people still treated Stranger Things like a television show, and I think the Mandalorian started it. But WandaVision really took people to the point where they were like, okay, this is something different. Like we got to treat this differently. Like yeah. this isn't working the same way. This is this is altering the cinematic canon in ways that is untenable like that you cannot come back from easily absolutely and and the Mandalorian did it without having to put a main character from right you know the the Skywalker saga right in it well Well, at at first I mean sure Season two, season two gave you quite a bit of that between between Boba Fett and the other people. Yeah, but I mean they, but still the first without the first season of the Mandalorian, yeah. you don't get the second season. So no. I, well, I think I think um actually in the episode of Popcorn Culture, the Super Combo podcast that comes out tomorrow that I have had advanced screening of because I edit it. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, ben, ben and Jay really put a fine point on this one of like WandaVision. I think what Ben said was WandaVision was fourth in line for the throne to be the next thing that happened after Far From Home, right? Like you had to have, you had to have so many things happen for 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 Black Widow to be um, delayed and for yeah. Eternals to be delayed and for mm-hmm. Falcon Winter Soldier to be delayed. Mm-hmm. That, that for all of those things to happen, for WandaVision to be the first thing you see after Far From Home, like cured the superhero burnout in a way that, that would have never, because WandaVision is unlike anything else that's ever happened in the MCU. Falcon and Winter Soldier, I think, are just going to be like, Falcon and Winter Soldier. hey, we're going to beat some bad guys. Yeah, right? it's going to be. A, I hope I'm wrong. It's going to be wrong. a buddy cop. Like, that's the fact what it's, it's going to be. The fact that it's been made and it, and it was like supposed to come out first does not leave me with a lot of hope for where are it's going to go. Are you actually going to watch it? I... Uh, before five weeks ago, I never, I would not have. I would have rebelled like hell to not watch it. But the fact <laughs> that the WandaVision has been so good, yeah, I'm going to give it a shot. Yeah. Uh, and I hope I'm, I'm wrong. I hope I'm, I'm more wrong. excited for Loki than I am for Falcon Winter Soldier. Yes. I am more excited for Loki than I am for Falcon Winter Soldier or for Hawkeye or for whatever the other one is. What if or whatever it's called. Uh Oh, yeah. Oh, no. What if, but what if is animated, isn't it? Is it? I don't know what it is. I just saw it on the calendar. So uh, what if is exactly that? Like, um, I think it's like, what if uh, one of the instances is like, if Peggy, if Peggy Carter would have been given the super soldier serum, what if like literally each uh, scenario is just like something like completely out right. of left field. I had never heard so, of it until I saw it on the calendar. I, I saw the preview for it when Disney was like, here are all of the things. So it's the thing that comes out after Black Widow, between Black Widow and Shang-Chi. I believe. Okay. I'm just I'm excited for MCU again. And I yeah, didn't think same. I would be. I, I didn't think I would I remember, be. I remember leaving Endgame and being like, okay, that's it. They're done. They can't do anything better than this. And then seeing right. Spider-Man and I was like, okay, well, now they're done and they can't do anything better than this. And yeah. Well, so it was the thing for me is I saw Endgame and I was like, okay, they're done. They can't do anything better than this. I saw Spider-Man Far From Home and I was like, yeah, okay. So they didn't do anything better. That yeah. was not as good. Like that was- No, it wasn't. Market, but like- Markedly I worse. It, I thought it was a, a nice like, um, like for Peter- story like not an o- yeah. like overall mcu like yeah amazing i thought it was a nice little like neighborhood like small it friendly the neighborhood spot. spider-man it filled the spot that ant-man did after age of ultron and i think it went over about as well as ant-man did after age of ultron okay yeah uh, where it was just kind of like it was, uh, it was the next thing like whatever yeah. um but, but like, yeah it- now now seven seven episodes into wandavision i'm oh just God, like yeah. i want all of i want all of the mcu content content back like tell me yes, all the things absolutely and and that's truly thinking i think it had to be wandavision next to get everybody hyped back up because like I think two things happen if, if every if, if COVID doesn't happen and everything goes according to plan Black Widow is like fine it's a yeah. movie I think Falcon Winter Soldier I was not is just excited like, for that at all I wasn't either I think Falcon and Winter Soldier was just like kind of a TV show. They're like, oh, cool. It's the Disney Plus. It's like, it's our answer to the Mandalorian. But like, it's not because it's just two guys you already know beating up some bad guys. Cool. Like, <laughs> if you really like these characters, you will love it, which I don't like Bucky Barnes. So I don't. Mm. And then by the time uh. Wanda- <clears throat> by the time WandaVision came out and I was already like bored of the MCU again, I would have been like, I don't care about Wanda Maximoff or Vision at all. Except these characters really were very do? boring to me uh, since they were both created in Age of Ultron. I have not really enjoyed their presence on the screen and then i watched that first episode five minutes in i was like this is the best thing the marvel's ever done <laughs> this is the best thing marvel's I love ever done it so much oh uh, um, it's so good it's so good i love uh, it so much go. as someone who loves tv like just every episode like parodying Same, off of yeah. the tv like it's just it's so good yes it's so fun too because i nothing i love more than a good parody or a good reference right like Same. nothing scratches the itch down inside my brain like watching like like a cover song right it's like a very yeah. good cover song it's like when disturbed did sound of silence oh. but for for nine episodes <laughs> 
Exactly. Because it's really fun seeing them, especially when you get to like the modern family style and you're like recognize it because like, you grew up with, right? Yeah. And exactly. they for some reason do the office intro, even though it wasn't the office. Yeah. Well, I mean, they had to, they had to. Um, and and the whole like just. Uh, Vision sitting in the director's chair, like interviewing, yes. like getting interviewed, like that's that was perfect too. Yes, um, he's yeah. like, what? Hang on, why am I doing this? And then flies <laughs> he just off, flies away. <laughs> so good. And then the the monsters, uh, Agatha song. Yes, <laughs> amazing. Which it took. It took somebody 48 full hours to make the TikTok sound of that mashed up with Uma Thurman, my fallout boy. But that was the immediate thing that like <gasps> I played in my brain. I haven't heard that. I haven't heard that at all. Yeah. Where it's like the, oh. the backing music from Uma Thurman, which, yeah. is, which samples the Monsters theme song. Yeah. And then like, it's just the words <laughs> from that song That's laid amazing. over top of it and just <laughs> thing at that the end. That song has legitimately been stuck in my head oh, all same. week. All but, like, week. <laughs> in my mind, what I heard was that exact TikTok sound. I just didn't, I wasn't capable of like, making it happen it took it took 48 hours and i finally saw one that was just like was just like there hey, you, you know they did this this is what it really should have been like and i was like ah there it is there's the noise that's been rattling around in my head for for two days oh my gosh yeah i'm, I'm excited for mcu again well so it excited. comes out in 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 the next episode comes out in like 12 hours as the crow flies from when you're listening to this. Hell Unless yeah. you're listening to this anytime other than like, the day I don't know, 3 p.m. on Thursday. <laughs> anyway, what were we supposed to be talking about? Isle of Dogs by <laughs> Wes Anderson. It's just, it's. I've said it 7,000 times. It's a delightful movie. It really is. You can just go watch it. It's streaming on Disney Plus for some reason. Uh, Fox Searchlight. Oh, yeah, that's it. Okay. Yes. Yep. I didn't, I, I didn't like my brain forgot to make the connection. Because, like, yeah. when I sat down to watch it, I was like, you need to find out why Disney. this is on Disney+. Plus. And then, like, I figured it would show me. And then I, I, I thought the same thing as I was, like, look, put, like opening Disney+. Plus. I'm like, why is this on Disney+. Plus? And then the first thing I saw was Fox Searchlight. I'm like, ah, Rest in peace, Fox Searchlight. <sighs> you will forever be missed. As someone who is a Disney apologist, <laughs> I am the most upset at the fact that there is no more Fox. That they dissolved Fox Searchlight and they dissolved. Well, sorry, they didn't dissolve Fox Searchlight yet. They have no. not like they dissolved Fox Two Thousand, which I'm yeah. mad about. Yeah, um, yeah. Because I love mid-budget movies so I much. I just love movies. Good movies, Same. bad movies. Like I just love movies. Like all Me of the too. movies. I, I you know, can't you, wait to go back to the movie theater. Like I cannot wait. You know what we never did? What? We never gave this movie scores. <laughs> Oh, um, you and I need to score this movie and I got to figure out how to work. I got to figure out how to work the rating machine. Um, who? Okay. So I don't this know is... how to work the rating machine. Oh no. Um, oh, what do I want to rate this I don't movie? I even know where the formula lives because Tyler's <laughs> the one that does this. Oh God. Oh, it's in the script. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> Frickity, frickity, frick. Hey, zero out of 100. Eni, what's what style of dogs oh, get you? Uh, definitely, I want to say like 91. Like that's, 91. Where, it lives. that's okay. where it lives in my in my brain. I in was going to go 87. That's perfect. Yeah. I am really bad at rating things. And I've learned this in, in our book challenge. Oh, my God. Uh, give something. <laughs> give something a score based on five stars. Can't do it. Nope. I, I like if you look at my scores, it's like five star or like one star. <laughs> like there's no in between for me. <laughs> um, I'm re I've realized that I'm very bad at rating things okay. because I just I, I always like love all of the things, especially if it's like media that I like consuming, like movies um and especially wes anderson movies wes anderson is top tier for me me too sorry i'm, I'm doing the uh, I, think I found the i found the rating <laughs> score thing 
Metacritic. I figured it out. 82 on Metacritic. All right, I need the listener score. Gotta go to the Discord and watch a book. So while you're doing that, I'm gonna show everybody. Um, Disney came out with these cute little, like, I hate that everything is so overexposed. Um, yeah, webcams do be like that sometimes, yeah, don't I they? Know, Logitech. Except for this freaking Mac iMac camera is making me all like moody and like darkening my reds <laughs> out and stuff. Like, um, so Disney came out with these cute little, like, mini build a bear things. Okay. Um, and Christy got me Donald and the Ahsoka Tano app outfit because Ahsoka's my favorite Star Wars character, which is a conversation we don't have to have. Uh, yeah, I was not. <laughs> y- you're perfectly entitled to to feel that way. I'm not going to try to take that away from you. Um, yeah, so he's my favorite. God, I've never logged in on Facebook on this computer. It's not happy with <laughs> oh, me. Oh, no. It's not happy Do you want me to pull him me. for you? No, I got it. Okay. It's it's figuring it out. It's just like I, I completely switched like operating systems. Like I have a MacBook, but I never really like used it. Oh, I love my Mac so much. The whole like texting on on my computer thing is my favorite thing. Oh yeah, for sure. I have yet to get used to it because I, I never had it before. So I'll still just like find myself pulling my phone out to respond to the text message that just came up on my screen. I do have to put my computer on do not disturb a lot though. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> my, my, my computer lives on do not disturb just like my phone does at this point. Um, But yeah, and then I'm having an issue syncing my contacts for whatever reason. Same. Like I have like half of my contacts, my, my iMac is like, yeah, we know these people. And then like some yeah. of my contacts it's like, here's a number. And I'm like, I don't know numbers. I don't know anybody's phone number. Same. That is 100%. Oh, no. I just broke something. I just saw the name of the script. <laughs> El scripto nombre seven? Nombre seven. Yeah. Rule number uno. <laughs> It's a Biggie Smalls lyric. So it's El Scripto Nombre 7. <laughs> and it has been that way for about three and a half years. Amazing. Because we churn, we used to churn through scripts and then we've been using the same one and just editing it week to week. Yeah, that's that's what we do because we don't really, like the only script is our ending. And I guess like the three lines in the beginning. Which reminds me, we need to schedule you to come on for your birthday. I'm down. I know. And then you said you'd let us know when. And now it's oh, almost right. March. Right. Yes, that was a thing that <laughs> happened. The listener score... That absolutely cannot be right. All right, let me do this a third time. (laughs) Hang on. Now I see why, after watching the video, why I see why Jordan was like, hey, do you want me to automate this for you? Because I normally cut out us talking about it, which I'm still going to, but there's not even that many scores. I don't know why I'm having so much trouble. Because you usually don't do it. No, I do the listener scores every week. Oh, then I don't know. Yeah, I'm the one that tabulates that. Don't know why, but I'm the one that tabulates it. That makes more sense. Okay, listener score is, it's still brutal, but listener score is a 76. Ooh, that is brutal. I will double, I will octuple check my math on that one <laughs> at some point this week. Uh, that gives, that gives a bacon and egg score of 85. Ouch. For I love dogs. Ouch. Must must love dogs. Oh, which does put this... That's a different movie with John Cusack. So so, this (laughs) puts it in a three-way tie for seventh, eighth, and ninth. (laughs) Oh, Um, God. With... Hercules and war games. With Hercules and war games. Hercules and war games. Okay. Sure. Yeah, but it is. it does come in in the third of that three-way tie at 85 with a tiebreaker score of, um, hang on, tiebreaker score of uh, 85.45. So worse than Hercules and, and War Games. Worse than Hercules and War Games by wow. p- percentage points. Brutal. Uh, that was, uh, Hercules was reco- uh, rated by Jordan Bucky and Scott Nicewander. Yeah, I remember. So I didn't have anything to do with that. I like War Games. <laughs> I don't think it's as good <laughs> as a Wes Anderson <laughs> movie. 
me neither. But I also li- probably like this better than the Return of the, or the Lord of the Rings movie. So whatever. Mm. Oh, I definitely like this more than the Lord of Those the Rings movies. Those are up movies. so high on because of Tyler and Mary Clay. Uh, Currently, our list is It's a Wonderful Life at number one, Ma Rainey's Black okay. Bottom at number two, and then the three Lord of the Rings movies in order. What or was in number two? Order. Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. Mm. You should go watch it. Fantastic movie that's getting absolutely snubbed by the award season. Oh, that sucks. Fantastic movie. R.I.P. Chadwick Boseman. So sad. Mm. So sad. That, that's with uh, Viola Davis too, right? Yes. Mm. Love yes, her. she was fantastic. Love also, her. Also, uh, pray, praying for Tyler Tiger Woods out there. Oh my God! Yes. Uh, we almost lost him yesterday. Insane. Uh, very, very Kobe Bryant like sort of thing, where uh, where the 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 great Eldrick Tiger Woods almost passed from this earth in a horrible car crash. Um, truly yeah, one of my all time favorite athletes. Like I have been watching that dude play golf since I was a child. Same. Uh, and he will likely never play professional golf again. Yeah, I don't. I, 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 his, yeah, I he, hope he his, can walk again is where I'm at. I, I have heard very not good things about the status of him even keeping one of his legs at this point. Oh, my like, gosh. It is that's not terrible. Because the, the first report I saw was was critical, not expected to survive, which I think we've passed that. We we're good now. Stable. Okay. Critical, but stable. Um, okay. But not not good. Mm, that's that's very much not so tragic. good. Um, so so tragic. I was able to. I actually went to um, a tournament that he played at uh, down here in Miami. I know. I never um, got to see him play. I got to see him play with my dad before. I like I cared, but I did get to see him. Yeah, the time um, when I was like going to golf tournaments was the time when he was not really playing very much. Oh, yeah, no, I was too young to like care at all about golf. Yeah. Um, and my dad was like, "We're going to this," and I'm like, "Are you serious?" He's like, "Yeah, we're going to this," and um, so thankful that I got to see him. But um, yeah, yeah, absolutely uh, praying for him and his family because holy crap, that was yeah, that was crazy. I mean, uh, and not the result of any kind of substance issue. I know. Yeah, no issues in the past with that. But that was that's what everybody's pointing fingers at right now. But this is not case. Anyway, um, (sighs) any final thoughts? I love Wes Anderson. Me too. So much. Thank you for coming to talk about this wonderful movie with me. Always. Where Thank can we find me. you on the internet? Um, so you can go listen to my podcast, Sincerely Us, that I host with Becca. We talk about musical theater things um, with new episodes every Wednesday, wherever you get your podcasts, and also on Spotify. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at underscore eeny meeny. That's I-N-Y-M-E-E-N-Y. Yeah, that's it. Fair enough. Well, I'm on the internet at wow now on Twitter, W0WN0W and at Edgehill Photos on Instagram. You can find the show at Bacon and Eggs Pod, wherever that URL leads you anywhere. Um, Bacon and Eggs is available wherever you get your podcasts and now on Spotify. Uh, our graphics are by Vaishon Brand and Graphite.VMB on Instagram and our music is by Andrew Scott Bell, Andrew Scott Bell Music.com. Bacon and Eggs is a proud production of the WBNE network for more great podcasts and more great information go to wbne.org and here's a promo right now for for <laughs> for unsobered podcast listen to a promo right here Shwow. hi i'm julia the host of unsobered badass women of history and literature the podcast where i talk about the women that the history books history classes and the general public often overlook or who just get a brief mention, but we never really know the whole story of their impact on the world we live in. On Unsobered, I share the stories and histories of these badass, amazing, and strong women. And while I tell you the history we don't get from traditional history classes, I get more and more drunk over the course of the episode. So join me to learn more about your favorite women, or to find a new favorite woman that you didn't even know contributed to one of your favorite things with new episodes 
every other Friday. Anyway, this has been another episode of Bacon and Eggs. I'm Ethan Edgehill. That's Eni Fuenmayor. And until next time, Arrivederci. Atari Korbayashi. <laughs>